Boom, what's up guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Daily Entrepreneur Fuel. Today we're going to be talking about the obstacle is the way. My name is Mason Vrains. I'm in a movement of underground entrepreneurs that see and do things differently. We refuse to follow the status quo, refuse to follow the normal route, and we craft our world into our vision. While no one quite understands us and may even laugh at us, we excuse their ignorance and continue to make their world a better place. Because we don't start with massive budgets and safety nets, we get to do things the right way, the 1% way. But how do we stay profitable from the very beginning and eventually create an empire? While the system and the college textbooks and people with high level degrees are against us, we fight back and eventually employ those kinds of people. We are one percenters and this is our journey. So what I want to talk about right now is this concept that the obstacle is the way. And so last night I was watching The Greatest Showman, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. Probably my favorite movie. And, like, what else do you do on a Sunday night besides watch The Greatest Showman, obviously? <laughs> just kidding. And so I was watching this movie, and there's this particular scene that kind of just, like, it was, it was just, like, mind-boggling. Like, there's so many golden nuggets in that movie, but this one scene had a lot of impact on me. And basically what it was, was, as you guys know, like, P.T. Barnum, he, uh, he grew up dirt poor. In fact, he married his, his wife, who he married, when he was growing up, his... Her, her dad, he, like, he was a butler for her dad, and her dad would beat him. And so, like, it was a huge, like, slap in the face to marry him, especially because that day and age, you guys think, like, you guys got to realize that whole day and age was, was, like, fueled by status. There was, like, the rich class and the poor class. Um, certain poor people couldn't get certain tickets. Um, There's no civil rights back then, right? Like, P.T. Barnum hired this couple that did the thing in the air with the ropes. I'm not sure what you call those, where you spin around and do cool tricks in the air. Um, but they're both black, and so they didn't have any rights or respect, really. And so that was like, just like to paint the picture, that's kind of the day and age that they lived in. And so everyone was just fueled by status. And so that's why this, this seems even more impactful um, than it would be today. And so as P.T. Barnum's is setting up his show, and he has a, f- a first couple shows, there's this one critic, and this one critic kind of does all the thinking for New York for them. So he goes like every show, every event, every entertainment thing, and he just basically is a critic for it. He's like, is this good? Is this bad? Let me do the thinking for the city for them. And so he went to like one of the first shows that sold out for P.T. Barnum. And he uh, just kind of like surveyed the show, watched it, and then wrote this nasty article the next day. And it was just ripping on the show, how it's, it's awful. It's just this messy circus, right? And so like knowing that this is a time where all that really mattered was other people's opinions and their status in the world, that would have crushed like almost every single person to get ripped on by the guy that does all the thinking, right? That would have, that would have destroyed like everybody. And so PT Barnum saw that. And instead of being crushed and being sad about it, he used this principle of the obstacles of the way. And so instead of being crushed by it, what we did was like, okay, <clears throat> you guys got to realize something like a bad things that happen to you. Most of the time you can't control it. You can't do anything about it. And so you got to flip it around and be like, since I can't control it, how can I turn this into a good thing? Does that make sense? And so P.T. Barnum realized like, hey, I can't control the situation, but how can I make this thing a good thing? So the first thing he did with this bad press article was he, uh, his name was, uh, his, his show was called like the P.T. Barnum Museum of Strange Arts or something like that. I'm not sure what it was exactly. And he changed the name to P.T. Barnum's Circus all because of this article. Does that make sense? And so he used words inside of that, that press 
he changed his name of his entire show to that. And so now people like did all when that paper like they read about like oh the circus. And so instead of making it sound like a bad thing, like he named his show the circus. And kind of like made fun of the critic, right? And so people love that. <laughs> They're like, well, that's crazy. How bold of you. And then the next thing he did with that paper is like, anyone that brings this paper in at the ticket booth gets half off tonight. That makes sense? Like he made it so anyone that brings in this bad section of this newspaper, they get half off of my show. That's genius. And so now people, instead of th- like viewing this thing as negative, they're like, wow, this paper's awesome. Let's go get half off of the show tonight. And so they all brought the newspapers in and got half off to that circus. That makes sense, and so, like instead of that that newspaper and that press release kind of crushing him, he made it like the greatest thing ever, and so he changed the whole name of his show, which, by the way, it's still called, like Barnum and whatever circus today. Like the show still goes on, and whether or not you like circuses or not, like this is a different time of age, and the principles are just amazing. And so he turned that bad thing into a good thing. Does that make sense? He took the obstacle which was in the way, and he made it the way, and he got around it. And this thing just kind of fueled a huge ton of sales and, and the kind of the goodwill in the entire area. And this, this critic was ruthless, but it didn't matter because whatever he said, P.T. Byron made it into a good thing. And so that's kind of like what he did. There's so many situations in this movie that just totally demonstrate this, especially for him because he was raised in a tough situation. Uh, when he first wanted to start the show, he didn't have any money or any status. And so... Typically for anyone, in fact, when he's waiting in line to go get a loan, uh, out comes like the midget dude in the movie. And the midget dude says, he's, he's like walking out growling. He's like, they only, lo- they only loan people, they only loan people money who already have money. He's like, he's all pissed off. And so like, they set the scene really well and show that right before he goes in. And Pete Barnum's de- he's dirt poor. Like, he has no money, but he walks in there and somehow he figures out how to get a loan. How does he do it? Well, he used to work at this other place. And so instead of like him walking in there and be like, well, I had no money, so there's no help for me to start this dream I have, and it's pointless. Instead of doing that, what he did was he found a way. He's like, how can I be resourceful if I don't have the resources? How can I be resourceful if I don't have the resources? And so he looked at that situation, and he's like, okay, well, I don't have any money, so how can I get collateral for this loan? And what he did, and this is what he did, and I think he did this in real life too, but he... he uh, like five minutes before in the movie, he worked at this place where they had like 12 large trade ships. And that's just kind of like the business that he worked for. And in that movie, what happened was that those 12 trade ships, they all crashed in the South China Sea. And so he got, that's why he lost his job. And it's kind of where he got started in this journey. But what he did was he went to his old boss, like, can I have the, uh, like the ownership papers for those 12 ships? And the boss said, okay, sure, you can have them. Like, I'm never going to use these. The ships are at the bottom of the sea. And so he went into the bank, and he got a, a massive, like, $10,000 loan, which was huge back then in the 1800s. And the collateral he used was, um, the collateral he used was, you can have these 12 ships if it doesn't. So the, the bank's like, all right, that's awesome. Little did they know that the ships were at the bottom of the ocean, but he got the loan. So he's like, okay, there's an obstacle. I can't do anything about my situation in terms of me being poor and in terms of me getting a loan just because I'm rich. Like, that's not going to happen. So how can I use my situation? How can I find a way to get out of it? Like, there's an obstacle, but this obstacle is the way. Like, I can't get a loan for a reason, but I know in order for me to be successful, I I need to get this loan. Today's day and age, you can bootstrap a lot easier. Back then, it was kind of, like, impossible to bootstrap, right? It just wasn't realistic. And so today's day and age, like, don't take out a loan. It's kind of dumb. But back then, of course, it was an amazing... Thing, and he was able to get it done. That's what started the whole circus. Does that make sense? 
And so, this, like, there's so many examples of this throughout the entire movie. And so my, my challenge, my question for you guys, my, yeah, my challenge for the day is whatever situation you are in your life right now, whatever obstacle there is going on, or people, like, hating on you on social media or on your ads or people writing, you know, crap posts on your ads, like, whatever's going on, and obviously that's not even a serious example. Like, maybe there's even bad things. Maybe a family member died, right? Something, there's some obstacle. Maybe you've started a business and you went completely bankrupt, Right? How can you make that situation? Because you can't control it. It already happened. You can't do anything about it. Like if your, if your business went bankrupt, it went bankrupt. Like there's nothing you can do about that business because it already happened. So what can you do to make it a good thing? How can you change your mentality or your actions to make it a good thing? For instance, my uh, grandpa died uh, about a month ago. A little bit, like a, a month and five days ago. He died February 26th and me and him were very close. He's very entrepreneurial. He was an awesome man. He was the secretary of state of Oregon. And so like, he's this big public figure and he died from brain cancer. And so instead of me being crushed and kind of shutting everything out and going down this lockdown mode, um, like the biggest thing people struggle with is whenever there's this obstacle, they try to resist against it so hard and they try to make it not true and they just don't want to accept it for what it is. But if you just first off, accept that it happened because you can't change it. It's how it is. It's going to be reality. You're going to have to accept it sooner or later. And the faster you do it, the better. If you guys have followed me for a while now, you guys know about the killer instinct and how the three brains inside our head work. And if you don't accept these trials or these tribulations, whatever happens in your life, if you don't accept those things, then first off, like that's going to be really threatening to your survival brain because you're, you're rejecting this reality. And so your survival brain sees this reality of what things actually are as threatening. And so then it locks you out and it wants to stay comfortable and move away from that. And it's just this huge downward spiral, which then has this upper limit that, that kind of like this invisible ceiling that holds you back because you don't want to accept reality for what it is. And so when my grandpa died, I could have, first off, I could have, like, I could have shut everything out and just not accepted it and been really angry and upset. Like a lot of people were at the funeral. And so like, I didn't want to do that. Though. So I accepted him. Like, All right. He died. That's how it is. That's how life's going to be for her and I. Like he's not going to, he's not coming back to earth because he's dead. And I try to see it for what it was. Like, okay, so that's how it is. How is this a good thing? That may be a weird thing. Like, you're, if you're, like a close family member dies, you should not think of like, how is this a good thing? But if you change your thinking to how is this a good thing, then you start seeing things. You start learning things. This, this is where this constant pursuit of growth happens. You can start growing better. And so, all right, he died. The good thing. What's the good pieces out of this? When we went to all his funerals, I was just kind of searching for the good, kind of like the light, the light in this because it was sad. And... Um, so he had this big state funeral because he was the secretary of state and he was a big state figure. That's, that's the second highest position of power in, in the state. And so I went to his, um, the funeral obviously, and it was a statewide funeral with thousands and thousands of people. And the good that I saw inside of this, this tragedy, this obstacle was how respected and loved he was across the state. And I saw the impact and all the lives he's changed just from sitting in that room. Does that make sense? Like thousands of people just showed up just to stand outside of the doors of the ceremony to watch on TV just because they love this man. Does that make sense? And so I saw like, okay, I want to live my life. When I, when I die, when I finish off this earth, I, I want to have a legacy and impact like he did where thousands of people show up because they, like, their lives are changed because of what I did. And I saw that firsthand from my grandpa. Does that make sense? And so 
um, it just gave me a new light on how I need to live, how, do you, how I need to serve, how I need to help people out and live my life. And it's all because of this bad situation of this funeral. And it kind of changed the way I operated, changed how I think. And, and so now like, I live with a more of a purpose to serve and to help people out because I want that impact that he had. And so I turned this bad situation to a good thing. How can you guys do that same thing? What are, what are you guys facing right now? Are you guys bankrupt? Like, even the smallest things, like, like people are commenting bad things on your ads. Turn that into another ad. Like, these comments, I don't make fun of it or make light of it or do something like PT Barnum. Like, whoever screenshots this and, and, and posts it, um, like, you get half off of my product or something. Like, just be creative. Think about it. It's not, obviously, it's not easy because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And a lot of people just want to ignore the hate or ignore the bad things in their lives or shut them out or just not accept them. But that's not an option. Not anymore. After you guys listen to this, that's not an option anymore. So just think about that throughout your life, guys. The obstacle is the way. Amelia Earhart, another example. I know it's kind of getting long now, so sorry about that. But Amelia Earhart, if you guys know her backstory, she, she, um, she grew up in a time that was very sexist, obviously. And so like women didn't really have a lot of rights. And she really wanted to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. And you guys know how the story ends. But to get into that situation she ended at, well, she actually died in a plane crash. But before that, she went up to the, the people that were in charge, or whoever they were, and she's like, I want to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. Can, I, can you guys make this happen for me? I've been working my whole life to be a pilot. I know I can do it and be the first female pilot to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. And that's what she really wanted to do. And so those people who were on the show are like, sure, you can do that. But we're going to accompany you with two men who are going to do all the flying, who are going to get paid all the money, Oh, and you're not going to get paid anything, and you can't fly, and you get no credit. But you can fly in the plane with them, which is just major slap in the face to this, this person who's worked her whole life for this and who is clearly an expert in the field, right? And so she looked at the situation. Back then, there wasn't really an alternative route. She couldn't just bootstrap her way and buy her own plane and fly across. Like this, that's not how the day and age worked. Planes just kind of first came out, and women didn't have the, the ability to do that back then. And so she uh, looked at this obstacle. She realized that the obstacle is the way. That's the only way for her to get to her goal. She saw that, and so she flipped it around. She's like, all right, sure, I accept. She accepted the offer, which was supposed to be a slap in the face. She accepted it. They didn't expect her to accept it, but she did. And why did she do that? Because she knew that that obstacle was the way. She had to accept that because if she did accept that, that was the only way for her to actually work into the position she wanted to be in. But she said no to that, then it was just all stop right there. But she, so she said yes, and then she figured out how can I make myself like become the girl or the person in, in power? How can I put myself into, into the position of power to make this thing turn into a good thing? And so she accepted it and she immediately started grinding and working. And eventually she became like the lead pilot of this whole operation, got paid and got all the credit for the thing. And now she's an American hero. Does that make sense? And so she turned this bad thing. She looked at the obstacle, like what is the way? Most of the time the obstacles in your life guys are the way. It's a way of growth. And it's usually the only way to grow. So if you guys have the obstacles, just know that's a good thing. And that's usually the place you need to go towards and head towards those things to be successful. Right? So that's my, that's my challenge for you guys. In your life, you're going to have challenges. You're going to have trials. You're going to have things that are going on. You can't control those things. So how can you turn those things into a good thing? How can you turn the obstacle into the way? Because the obstacle is the way. If you guys reject it, you guys will continue to struggle. But if you guys turn the obstacle into the way, you guys will have massive success that you guys never thought was possible in the first place. So my name is Mason Brains. Thanks for tuning in to you guys. Um, 
I'll see you guys tomorrow in tomorrow's Daily Entrepreneur Fuel. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. A lot of people ask me, like, where can I find the best stuff step-by-step, -step, all in one place? And so if you guys go to 1%ofsecrets.com, I'm now starting to think where I go live once a week and you guys can get all my best stuff with me at a premium for free. So you guys jump and go over to 1%ofsecrets.com. You guys can jump on with me live and I'll teach you guys my best stuff so you guys can master that marketing message, which is where the sales made. So I'll see you guys there at 1%ofsecrets.com.